Farm Food Facts, where every farmer, every acre, and every voice matter. Welcome to Farm Food Facts for December 31st, 2019. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. Today's podcast takes a look back at 2019 with CEO Aaron Fitzgerald of the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance. I put her on the spot without previous warning and selected tidbits from our 50 weekly episodes this year and asked her to share her insights on each for our last podcast of the year. Let's get started. So, Aaron, 2019 was a huge year for U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance. Tell us about some of the highlights, in particular, the one standout event that I attended of all the events that I go to all year was USFRA's Honor the Harvest. What is it and what are next year's plans for it? Yeah, so we were so excited to partner with the Aspen Institute, um, who's really great at convening and facilitating dialogue. And we just felt that there was an urgent need to bring ag and the entire value chain together in an unprecedented fashion to really start asking the question, can we strategically plan as a sector? Could we be more than just our individual parts? And can we inspire contagious collaboration that agriculture is a solution to climate change, that agriculture is a solution to our communities, and that perhaps we're not recognizing the hidden strengths that exist within our sector to be the solution for environment and the community. I think at the time, nobody thought we could pull off even just getting all these leaders in a room. In just a couple months, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. right. You know, we assembled an advisory team and everyone's doing phone trees and interviewing and, you know, kind of saying, come on, you can come. And everyone's like, it's going to be actually on a farm. You know, it's like, yep, not in a 70 degree and fluorescent conference room. Let's Mm -hmm. really get our boots dirty and let's really roll up our sleeves. And we're not going to be in a conference where, we're, you know, we're maybe it's the way we do things today, but, you know, we tend to have conferences where there's just a bunch of panelists and you have this amazing talent passing each other on the stage, Mm -hmm. but then we don't necessarily get the real work done. And so it was a privileged two days. We kept saying for you to work with the best and focus your energy on getting something done by the time we leave. And it's just so exciting to see the momentum. We now have a hundred volunteers that are kind of in incubation mode of a lot of these projects that have or what call the white space that clearly ag and food need to tackle projects, but have never done it because it seemingly was too big for one institution to solve for. And then we're seeing this amazing shared vision and mission that, you know, have incredible hope that in 2020, we can launch a shared vision and mission for the sector and most importantly, announce a commitment and unleash a decade of leadership and action on these topics. And what was so interesting to me being there is not only the talent in the room and the energy in the room, but the power in the room. I mean, you had three secretary of agriculture's there. You had the CEOs of of companies. You had farmers with big farms and small farms. And you had, you know, the up and coming generation where we had some, you know, 16 year old people who were, were part of 4-H and so on. So congratulations. But probably one of the most important outcomes, I think, was the short film that USFRA, you know, produced called 30 Harvest. Tell us about that. Gosh, you know, 30 Harvest was the opening of the conference. And we wanted to make certain that it was we wanted like this mic drop moment for the leaders to really get a sense of the gravitas of of what's happening in farm country, but also the untapped potential. 
And um, we found two amazing farmers that are living this day in and day out, Jay Hill and Megan Kaiser. We found also an amazing filmmaker, I believe Jasper. I, I think you guys interviewed him. Yes, we have. To really tell the story, but in a compelling way. And, you know, what you see in 30 Harvest, it's like a docudrama. But what was so motivating to me personally, and I think the audience, is that that's what it took to get us to all realize and pay attention. But it's a real story. Two weeks after filming, Megan Kaiser was hit by the Mississippi floods. Mm -hmm. Jay, just three weeks after filming, was hit by tornadoes. This isn't some Hollywood story. This is for real. And this is, I, this is the real farmer story that, yeah. that's out there. Yeah, and it, it, I hope that the film, you know, it's been most impactful to watch it being played in farmer groups or NGOs or um, I've had, we've had some. Yeah, there's over a million views of it already. Yeah, 1.4 million views. It's kind yeah. of taken off. And what's so cool is that you're watching. We never would have really guessed this. But people are having what they call, they started making up this called luncheon view, almost like instead of a book reading, they're hosting these mm. lunch sessions with their colleagues and employees at the office and then just sitting around talking about it and and like, what can we do? What should we do? What does this mean? And and if that's what it's doing is inspiring a conversation, I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything better. No, and it's great. It's great. So what I want to do, Aaron, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I want to play like a little game. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take some highlights from, you know, some of some of the podcasts from Farm Food Facts over this past year, give you a sentence. And I just want you to quickly react to it. And I've got like seven pages of stuff. So, you know, it, it's just a quick reaction, a one line about what you think. So I'm going to start off with an interview that we did with Nancy Cavazangian. The topic was our soil, our strength. And this is stuck in my mind. I talked to her almost a year ago, and she told me that soil is sexy and everybody wants to have healthy soils. What does that mean? You know, I cannot believe that we have we know more about the surface of Mars and the moon than we do know our soils. There's just so much untapped potential to um, store carbon. We're already sequestering 100 times more carbon in our soils than it's currently emitted in the United States in a given year. So and we barely know anything about it. And I watch these farmers, their love and their passion is with soils. And and yet there's still so much untapped potential we don't know. So to me, it's the new frontier. I would agree. So Mickey Rubin was with us. Dr. Mickey Rubin is the executive director of the Egg Nutrition Board, who you know well. He's also one of the nation's leaders on sports nutrition and the dietary effects of what we eat. And what he said to me is that not all proteins are the same. What does that mean? You know, Mickey has really turned my eyes uh, open. Um, literally, he, he made me do an um, eye test um, once to check my lutein oh, really? levels. Yes, but it really oh explained. God. I did well. Apparently, I ate my eggs. But he, <laughs> he um, explained to me like this whole idea of the different amino acid scores and the bioavailability and digestibility of those proteins. And, you know, it was interesting to think through, you know, we have a lot to learn in both looking at the environmental impact. Sometimes people always just take a pound of protein for per carbon. But when you really start looking at the digestibility mm -hmm. and the efficacy of that protein as, as a consumption, I really think he's on the frontiers of really thinking about how we need to look at the protein bio, bioavailability and its carbon footprint. 
So as you pointed out before, the storms, the weather that we've had this year, John Newton, PhD of the American Farm Bureau Federation, has been with us a couple times and talking about the weather condition, how farmers are dealing with it. What's What's the takeaway of 2019 as it relates to climate and weather, and how did farmers fare? Boy, you know, I think, you know, coming back to the honor of the harvest, and and, um, both Megan Kaiser and uh, Jay Hill, you know, in June, I think we were starting to see really tough times. And of course, this past spring and fall, I called it sprinter, when uh, winter moved into spring and just wouldn't let go. (laughs) And, you know, we were hearing really tough times from our farmers back in June when we did the filming. And of course, when John was on, and then, boy, come August and into the fall, it has just been unprecedented. You're looking at the satellite imagery. You're also just hearing the stories from the farmers. It hasn't been an easy year. And I think that that's one of the things that is the backdrop to this question um, at Honor the Harvest and shared vision and mission that we need to create as a sector is we need to be able to prepare for unprecedented uncertainty and the ability to adapt as leaders through these changing times. It's time for us to step up. And John really helps bring those numbers to bear, I think, for all of us to, to really kind of get our heads, heads around some of these stats. So we talk about the challenges from the weather standpoint. Uh, then we had Jenna Matson on the show. She, she and her family were also on the American Farm History Channel series. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun to talk to her, um, talk a little bit about her celebrity being, being on, the, on the show. But also she gave us the real reality that they are struggling in this general farm transition period. Her grandfather started the farm. Now her dad is about ready to turn the farm over to her and her husband, Brett, but they're concerned about money. They're concerned about banks. So we have that other aspect of farming, questioning the financial feasibility of farming itself. Well, isn't Jenna such a superstar? <laughs> I mean, she I feel like we're her groupie and it was so wonderful to see her on the show this year. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, that it's not, again, her story is just one of many. I think she does such a great job of bringing the characterization of the decision making. I think often, you know, for those that aren't in, in agriculture, we don't realize that these are family businesses and this transition nature of moving from your parents to the next generation uh, and what it takes and the financial implications of what that means to these families is is very much real. Apart from all these different issues that have been hitting uh, these last two years, so it makes those decisions and the timing of those decisions even more scary at times and tough, tough family conversations. And I thought it was so great that she just put it all out there and and really articulated well um, what this family is thinking through. So Ben Feldman was with us. Um, He's the executive director of the Farmers Market Coalition. How important are farmers markets in the big picture for a farming family? You know, CSAs is one of the fastest growing forms of agriculture, and I do think that the consumers, particularly the urban consumer, wants some way to connect back to mm-hmm. to rural America. And I, I do believe that these farmers markets are a place where curiosity abounds. Um, you have amazing farmers who can answer the question, and you, you have someone that's really taking the time not just to get their food, right? I mean, they're really coming there to almost like a field trip to learn, <laughs> you know, and um, yep. 
and they'll spend the whole Saturday or Sunday, you know, perusing and learning. And we couldn't and tasting, tasting, tasting oh my different gosh, yes. produce <laughs> items that they've never tasted before. So, so you're right. It's it's really a lot about education. We also had Jill Wheeler who's the head of sustainability productivity for Syngenta in North America. We were talking about feeding the world. We hear that a lot in the news where we're going to have all these extra people. We've got to, you know, produce more food. And how realistic is it that with the agriculture system of today, that in 20 years, we'll be able to feed the world's population? Well, it is it is our greatest challenge. I think it's the challenge of a generation that no one is talking about. You see often different numbers between 50 and sometimes I say 80% more food that we'll have to produce. And that basically means mm -hmm. as much food as we produce in all mankind up to this point. Um, so the trajectory and in innovation curve that's going to have to happen wow. in the next 20, 30 years is unprecedented. But I think what's more, I guess, is concerning is that agriculture really then only has probably about 30 chances or 30 harvests to get that right. So each year, a farm all around the world has to get that much incrementally better. And in many ways, if you think about it, every growing season, they're almost like in startup mode. So they're constantly learning and having to adapt very, very quickly. So again, we got to build those um, adaption and innovation right, curves right. and that learning curve for our sector to be able to deal with issues of climate change, changing economics. So it's, it's a monumental task. So back to Honor the Harvest, I mentioned some of the kind of people that were there. But when I look at the community that you and USFRA have built, it includes everything from retailers to restaurants. And we interviewed Joe Koss, who's the CEO of Culver's Restaurants. And I was so impressed, not only with Joe, but what Culver's is doing. I mean, they've raised almost $2 million for agriculture education, and they've developed a project called the Thank You Farmers Project. How cool is that? I have, I mean, I got a chance to go visit uh, the Culver's team and Joe Koss uh, in, in Wisconsin. And just the setting of where the corporate headquarters are is really in uh, rural Wisconsin, um, it's flanked by f farm fields, and you you really got the sense that the employees live this idea of thank you farmers. Every employee cares about this topic, and I think you know it was interesting that Joe's one of our first leaders that stepped up. And you can just when you see the organization, you can see that they're actually living these values, that it was authentic. Um, it kind of blew me away, and especially uh, this harvest season, they started actually planting thank you farmers into cornrows and things. So it was really neat that they partnered. Wow. And then if you, you go in Wisconsin or other places, they're painting barns. And I'll tell you, farmers are going through tough times. Just a simple thank you goes such a long way. And what mm -hmm. a simple yeah. way to, to connect. And, you know, obviously they put their money and their effort with it. But just a simple act of thank you, I, I think, speaks volumes to their culture. And, and thinking, you know, coming up with the idea, you know, I, I don't see a lot of other restaurants thanking farmers. So, so good for, you know, good for Joe and good for Culver's. The last guest that I'd like to talk to you about is Rob Trice. And, and you introduced me to him. He's the founder of The Mixing Bowl. You know, his background is basically technology, telecom, mobile, the internet, venture capitalist. And, you know, what he shared with me is that we're not doing enough that yes, we're collecting data, but what we do with that data is gonna make all the difference for farmers. What do you think about that? 
Well, isn't Rob just such a maverick on the, the future? If you want to understand where the future yep. ag is going, just spend <laughs> some time with him. I would say those are probably some of the favorite podcasts this year. Yeah, no, I think I do think the future of um, ag data is here. And I think, you know, equally this year, we launched a report on the metrics, data of the metrics report. And, you know, if we imagine that we want all these ability for things to talk to one another on the farm or talk through up the value chain, key to success is uh, integrating these metrics um, and getting them to talk to one another. And uh, I think we're really at that point in time where it requires integration and collaboration to get this to work so that we can begin to digitize ag. And Aaron, I want to thank you and all the members of the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance team from farm to producers to to your fabulous staff. And we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Farm Food Facts team. Phil, you are an amazing partner. We couldn't have done this without you. You know we love working with you every day, and I hope our listeners do too. It's certainly fun to bring all these amazing leaders onto the show and watch them shine. I agree. Happy New Year. And here's to a fabulous 2020 for all of our farmers and ranchers. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look for us on Facebook at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers or on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.